Hello. Hello. What's that? That was just a stupid thing. Well, I'm sure it's stupid. <laughs> it's not about me, is it? No. Not at all. Oh, me. All right. You know this girl, Claire, I'm seeing? Yeah. Well, he and I started joking that when she falls asleep, her stomach stays awake all night and talks to me. How's it talking? Well, the belly button's like a mouth. I'm bored. <laughs> Talk to me. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello. Ha, ha, ha. La, la, la. La, la, la. We've been waiting nearly four years for this, my friend. We are doing today on But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character from Season 9, The Voice. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And yes, this is one that I've been looking forward to. You know, in, in previous episodes, Steve, we have been saying hello and stuff. But, you know, from a Seinfeld perspective, you know, as a general perspective, it was fun. But now it, this has total relevance to do it. Well, we've kind of covered all the other hellos. We've done the uh, Uncle Leo hello. Jerry, hello. Hello. And we've done the... Uh, Jerry and Newman hello exchange. Oh, yes, we have. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. But this is definitely the most iconic and famous hello in all of Seinfeld. So it's uh, it's about time. It is. And it was a fun episode, season nine, episode two of Seinfeld, The Voice. And uh, yeah, enjoyed this one. We have some secondary characters today. Uh, David Putty makes an appearance. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so some old classics. And we do have uh, Mr. Mister Tomasello, George's very short-lived boss. Yes. Uh, as well as Claire, Jerry's girlfriend, uh, Darren, Kramer's intern. Dean Jones, the dean of NYU, who is only in one scene, but makes a awesome impact. I, I love her scene. Yes. And a couple of other random appearances from Alice and Glenn, co-workers of George who tell him where to go when they find out that he <laughs> is fraudulently uh, disabled. And we see Thomas Zulo because we did do the butter shave probably a couple of months ago and we talked about how nice Thomas Zulo was and very accommodating he is or he was in that episode. This one, he's like a totally different person. Fair enough too. Fair enough, yeah. He's like George is cheating the system. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, if you want to cheat the system or tell us, you know, if you use handicapped toilets at your work, uh, email us bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media as well. Drop a tweet, post or photo on Instagram, whatever the hell you do these days at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C and we do have some bonus content on our Patreon page and PayPal uh, well PayPal not necessarily but Patreon we do have bonus stuff uh, Curbcast seasons 2 and 3 as well as season 11 and uh, you can support us financially on both of those platforms and you can check out our Facebook group as well it's called Seinfeldisms it's the biggest Seinfeld community on the internet up until this week uh, we've said it's the biggest Seinfeld group on Facebook which is true but I've tried to find any community on uh, on the internet uh, about Seinfeld can't find one so I'm just going to claim that all right and if I come across a bigger one I'll uh, I'll adjust that but for now <laughs> I'm going to say that we uh, run and operate the uh, or own and operate the biggest Seinfeld community online fabulous amazing I know Seinfeldisms so follow us on Facebook that's right indeed speaking of Seinfeldisms to kick off the show like we always do my friend uh, what has happened to you Seinfeld related or Seinfeld wise in your world I was listening to Joe Rogan during the week oh yeah and yeah. Uh, he interviewed a I think he's an evolutionary psychologist or an evolutionary biologist anyway He's an intellectual. His name is Gad Saad. He's, I think, Armenian or Turkish. And he teaches out of uh, a Canadian university. I can't recall. But uh, in their long interview, Gad makes a few Seinfeld references. He's trying to make a point about something that he talks about evolutionary psychology or something like that. Sure. And he uses a couple of examples from Seinfeld episodes to make his point a bit more simple rather than, you know, technical and intellectual. Can't recall the references. <laughs> Didn't note them down. I just made a mental note that, oh, yeah, he talks about Seinfeld in the interview. But yeah, even if you 
don't care to know what the Seinfeld references are, listen to the interview. It's really interesting. For sure. Well, I'll probably go on the Joe Rogan subreddit and I'll probably, you know, I'm sure there'll be a mention of what Seinfeld references yeah. there were and they'll have like timestamps yeah. when this happens. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll they, listen to it then. Yeah, they're usually pretty good about that. Yeah, cool. Well, that was a good interview nonetheless. Yeah, it was interesting. He's a, he's an interesting intellectual. He's a, one of the modern day intellectuals, I think is sort of considered part of the uh, intellectual dark web, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, right, right. He Jordan got, Peterson, Joe yeah, Rogan, he's not Sam as, Harris. He's not, as, he's not as controversial. He's sure. a bit more low key. Yeah. Uh, but he's sort of in that field of, you know, the facts speak for themselves. You know, he, he sort of, he tries to avoid identity politics. Okay. And he cops a bit of shit, but, uh, you know, even if you don't agree with his general worldview uh, he's a smart dude and it's you know it's an interesting topic so worth a listen very good mate very good um, no no Seinfeld isn't for me this week unfortunately my friend uh, pretty quiet week but uh, Seinfeld news I'm sure you've got one or two uh, today. just one this week alright uh, sweet yeah so I was searching high and low and I thankfully came across this otherwise it would have been a uh, no Seinfeld news week <laughs> uh, a company out of America have uh, released a product called the hidden bed and it's basically rather than a desk with a bed underneath it it's right. a bed that you can buy that turns into a desk <laughs> okay um, uh, and it's come out of everyone working from home due to COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's really it. Um, <laughs> cool. Not a lot of information about it. Um, it just looks like a standard bed. And you, I think you press a button. Yeah. And it kind of turns into this weird desk. It's it's hard to explain. You have to sort of see it. Um, but we'll chuck a link in our show notes and you can uh, check it out for yourself. So if you are a now permanent work from homer, like most people are, <laughs> or a lot of people are, and uh, you want to live it up like George then uh, buy a hidden bed. He was certainly wishing for one of those at the time, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah, would have been great for him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, a very short introduction, but let's have a really quick break, and when we come back, we are talking about the secondary characters from today's episode, Season 9, Episode 2, The Voice. Hello! Hi, this is Zach. And Aaron from Seinfeld Law. And uh, you are listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. The Voice is from Season 9. It is the second episode of that season. First aired in the US on October 2nd, 1997. Directed by Andy Ackerman and written by Alec Berg, Jeff Schaefer and David Mandel. In this episode, Kramer sets up a new company, Kramerica Industries, and hires an intern from NYU to help out with the day-to-day activities of running a fake large company, a Darren, played by Jared Paul. Jerry thinks his girlfriend's navel is talking to him. Uh, her name is Claire, played by Sarah Peterson. George continues to work for Play Now even though his boss, Mr. Tomasulo, Gordon Jump, is trying to force him out after George lied about being handicapped in the previous episode, The Butter Shave. Elaine makes wages with Jerry that she will not continue to see David Putty, played by Patrick Warburton. Uh, Another secondary character, Steve, just some various Play Now co-workers from George, or at George's work, who tells him to go to hell. Yeah, Alice, I think, says go to hell. Glenn does as well. Yeah, Glenn, yeah. There's a third one, I think, is just credited as worker. Yes. And uh, George actually says, I already heard that one. (laughs) She puts him to work with those mocking... uh, uh, things. But anyway, a bit of trivia about the episode, my friend. I actually have quite a few. Uh, very interesting bits of trivia in this one. There's actually a, a patent for a double chamber variable condiment dispenser bottle for ketchup and mustard. Yeah, I've seen uh, ketchup and, or tomato sauce and mustard, maybe. Yeah. I think it was tomato sauce and mustard at right. Aldi. Right, right. Yeah, they sell it there. They sell it there. But yeah. apparently there's a there's a patent for a particular dispenser bottle ah. where you put two separate condiments in and they merge together. Okay. Uh, it's, the patent is owned by inventor Dan Pekowski the application was filed in 2006 and it was granted in 2010 and it's going to expire in 2027 okay but I think I, I haven't seen the ones from Aldi but it's like that kind of style yeah. it must be spew. maybe they got like that style and made it their own you know what patterns are like they'll do yeah. like their own version of it yeah you, you can know. get around patent law by basically ripping it off but changing it's like copyright law you can change it enough so that it doesn't actually break the law <laughs> but 
they definitely ripped it off. Yeah, but two things like that one from Kramer at the end of the episode, and also the um the bladder for the tanker. I thought they were fantastic ideas. Yeah, I mean, I have done no research, but I wouldn't be surprised if the bladder idea or something similar isn't in effect somewhere. Surely. Yeah, that would um, prevent oil spills for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can imagine that making an uh, a bladder that big and making it sort of what's the word functional in something the size of an oil tanker would be very very hard. Uh, but surely at a smaller scale, like maybe inside trucks that carry oil. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's something out there. If you yeah. know, if you're an engineer or something, let us know. If you're the inventor, let us know. Yeah, if you've got the patent on that. <laughs> Please. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think they're both great ideas. And Jerry even remarks, you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. It is. And it's the first time he's ever complimented one of uh, Kramer's schemes. You can avert any ecological disaster just by having that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, in terms of oil spills. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would make oil spills impossible, but it would make them a lot harder. I mean, if a if a impact was hard enough, it could still penetrate a big oil bladder. <laughs> uh, sorry, a big rubber bladder. But uh, yeah, it would make it a lot harder. Or if it fell and landed on Claire by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and caused yeah. chemical burns. And yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Claire would be crushed to death as well as a lot of other people if a bladder the size of an oil tanker fell from a building. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yes. What do you have? The episode was originally going to be called The Backslide. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things where there's been maybe five other episodes where we've talked about their uh, originally intended title. And uh, this, like every single other one that I can think of, uh, was a good choice to not go with the backslide. The backslide's a bit too vague. Yeah. Whereas the voice is obviously referring to the sort of main joke throughout the episode. I mean, the backslide is relevant to what happens in the story, but it's just too vague of a title. Yeah, of course. It'd probably throw off a lot of people. But the, you're right. The backslide and the voice subplots kind of of they kind of of equal measure in the story. Yeah, they have, they have equal screen time, but they're yeah. not of equal note. No, no, that's very true. This is the second time on the show, Stephen, that Kramerica Industries is mentioned. It yeah. was mentioned all the way back in season one in Mal Unbonding, where uh, I think Kramer talks about the make your own pizza pie. Yeah, episode two. No, episode one? three. Episode Mal three. Unbonding. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So this yeah, is the second time. So unbelievable that Kramerica Industries hasn't turned up between now and then. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we always say that Seinfeld's really good at, at callbacks, but that's a really deep cut. <laughs> it was. My last trivia point is that the uh, the voice storyline, Jerry's storyline, uh, was actually based on a real-life event with uh, one of the writers, Spike Ferriston. He kept on imagining that his girlfriend's butthole was talking to him. I <laughs> know, I read that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, and uh, originally they were actually going to go with the butthole idea, but... Uh, they thought that it was a bit too, uh, like a bit too bawdy. Yeah, Jerry too thought brow. it was too much, too bawdy. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, th- I don't think it's too taboo, but a talking butthole is a bit uh, lowbrow. Yeah, you know, Seinfeld can kind of get a bit lowbrow very occasionally, but they always handle lowbrow topics in a very classy way. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm not a Seinfeld writer, so maybe I just am not creative or smart enough. But I imagine it would be very, very hard to handle a talking butthole in the same way as, say, the contest, where you've mm. got a, a dirty topic, quote unquote, dirty topic, but handled. In in a very like almost G-rated but, yeah, but yeah. classy way. Yeah, yeah. It's Talking like butthole is pretty. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't think of a classy way around that. It topic. sounds like something you'd see from Family Guy or South Park. Yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not something like like Seinfeld. But it turns out that Jerry originally, you know, he wanted the belly button instead. But he's gone on record to say that he wishes they kept it as a talking butt. Yeah, that's a strange, you know, change of opinion from Jerry. Yeah, but you know, I guess it happens. <laughs> maybe on Cobra Enthusiasm would have been a talking ass. Yeah, or maybe something else. Talking, <laughs> talking other body part. Down there. Yeah, talking front bum. Maybe. Yeah, talking front bum. That's the one. And just the last bit of trivia I have: uh, Darren, the character, was originally going to be seen again in further episodes of season nine, oh. uh, but apparently the writers couldn't work out how to bring him back as Darren. It's implied in the end of the episode that he's gone to jail. So yeah, they just kept him there. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in actually uh, talking to you about why he went, why he took the fall, and Kramer didn't. But we'll, we'll oh. talk about that in a, in a second. I do have a theory about that, but anyway, yeah. yes. 
All right, mate. Shall we talk about some secondary characters? Sounds good. Let's talk about Claire. She's played by Sarah Peterson. Uh, in the episode, at the time, she was credited as Sarah Rose Peterson. Uh, she's appeared as a guest on other TV shows, including Friends and Charmed. And Friends was her last appearance on uh, in TV or film. I haven't seen any other credits. Okay. So who knows whether she, she passed or whether she gave up uh, on acting. I got no idea. She got out early. She did in, in any either way. <laughs> so according to a deleted scene, Stephen, we find out how much in damages she received from Play Now. Yeah. 26 mil 26 mil so that's a lot well she probably got really like mid to long term complications from like chemical burns and that sort of thing I'm surprised she wasn't killed yeah I'm surprised too yeah I mean, she, she survived yeah, I mean even a small thing like a tennis ball or a golf ball from what's I think it's 16 stories up mm. is uh is extremely dangerous so a huge ball uh, of oil a rubber, ball of oil rubber yeah. ball full of oil that yeah. two grown men struggle to carry up mm. you know in reality would kill her mm. uh, but you know obviously this is not reality but yeah, she would have gotten serious injury, serious trauma. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and it's enough to send Play Now broke. Oh, it would be for sure. I mean, we don't really know too much more about her, but she seems very sensitive when Jerry makes jokes about her belly button. I don't know. Do you think she's just like doesn't have a sense of humor or maybe she might have like stomach problems? I think she's got a sense of humor because when uh, Jerry is about to tell her the joke, she wants to know, you know, she's interested in something that Jerry uh, is sort of indicating is funny. So she doesn't seem like a humorless person. I think she's just insecure about her body oh yeah okay you know and you know her initial reaction is because jerry she thinks that jerry's trying to say subtly that she's fat and even though jerry's trying to explain the joke Mm. even though it it is at her expense it's not because of anything to do with her body or her as a person it's just this random i mean there's really no reason why it happens it just sort of spontaneously happens. Happens, yeah. She can't really be talked out of her interpretation of where the joke comes from. But, you know, the next day or a couple of days later, she does seem to calm down once she's thought about it. You know, and she's happy to get back together with Jerry on the condition that the joke is not mentioned again uh, or the voice is not done again. So, yeah, I think she's just got low self-esteem, maybe some body issues. Yeah. I don't think it's a rational thing. I think it's, you know, something that maybe she needs a bit of therapy for. Mm, possibly, yeah. Because, you know, she's a beautiful woman. She's not fat. She's she's, no, extreme, she's, she's, she's extremely great. slim. She oh, looks yeah. She looks great. Yeah, she does. So, it's not based on any sort of, you know, sort of real world perception. I think it's just, you know, some sort of body dysmorphia or something like that. Yeah. What about you? Wow. Pretty fierce. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, she probably does have some some body issues as well. But what if she did actually have like stomach issues? You know, like say hypothetically speaking, you know, because I've, I've actually Googled some like stomach things, like what could happen. Like if hypothetically, like she did actually, her tummy did rumble. Mm. Um, there's a thing called stomach rumble yep. where it's like fluid and gas move forward in the intestines. And um, she could possibly like it could be a precursor to things like celiac disease ibs that sort of thing so imagine if she did have those things and jerry mocked her yeah no that's that's a good point i mean they don't explain like i said they don't explain the uh specific inspiration for the joke it seems to just be a random thing mm. but uh yeah it could be you know jerry could have heard her, her stomach rumbling and decided that it sounds like a voice and then that evolved into the voice that, yeah you know that george and kramer and then elaine do and it and could jerry. be it could be an underlying issue <laughs> yeah and maybe maybe she's sensitive about that if mm. if that was the the yeah. the inspiration for it mm. you know if maybe was, she, yeah. Yeah, I've known people who've had celiac disease and, and various stomach issues, IBS and stuff, and it's not fun. Oh, no, no. You know, I've got relatives who have IBS too, yeah. yeah it's no good. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people can manage it just fine, but some people uh, are very, you know, their lives are very disrupted by oh, it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it limits a lot of things they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you got to watch what you eat, and if you eat the wrong thing, then you better hope there's a toilet nearby. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, you hope you've got George Costanza to point you to the closest toilet. <laughs> <laughs> May I? Oh, I insist. I insist. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I didn't get really much else out of her. Just like a one-off, you know, Jerry girlfriend. Yeah, I just think it's nice that in the end, even though it sent a company broke and a lot of people lost their jobs, the fact that she got a huge bull of oil, you know, dumped on her from 16 stories up, uh, a big fat lawsuit payout, I think was uh, a nice ending for her. Yeah, well, even though she would have some complications down the line, you know, you have money, look, but... Look, I'd go as long as I could still be mobile and my cognitive function was still fine, as long as I could still have mostly what I had, if I had to go through temporary pain, but I eventually recovered, I'd happily do that for $26 million. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, even if course. it was like, okay, well, you have to have physical therapy for a year, mm. but at the end, you're going to be more or less fully functional and you've got $26 bucks in the bank. I'd go, you know what? I'll do it. Interesting. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I will. <laughs> I'm I mean, not I'm, through similar, but not for money. Yeah. <laughs> but I get what you mean. I'm, I'm saying if it was a choice. Obviously, <laughs> was, yeah. obviously, for a lot of uh, people in a lot of circumstances such as yourself, it's yeah. not a choice. Of course. No, but, I didn't but choose this. Hypothetically, no, no, no. It's, it's, like a, it's like one of those hypothetical questions you play like as a drinking game. Like, would you rather, how much would would you do this for like would you do this for a million dollars it's kind of one of those thought yeah, experiments of course would you rather be you know mobile and healthy for the rest of your life for average money or would you rather be in an accident and get 26 mil well like i said i'd <laughs> rather i'd rather take the middle road which is be in an accident be immobile for a year two yeah, years yeah. and then be fully functional at the end of that and have the money well let's hope that if that ever happen happens to you that'll be the best case scenario yeah for look you. i'd rather just yeah the 26 million dollars and no injury but yeah you me know, too that'd be fine yeah that <laughs> would be more than fine for sure isn't it interesting how 26 Six million dollars bankrupted play now, so their profit turnover isn't as much as I thought. I thought well, they'd be like a big corporation, but obviously they're just like a small toy company, small to medium. I mean, yeah. twenty six million dollars US in nineteen ninety seven would probably be fifty million dollars US so now. Medium, like it's still a large business, but yeah. not like a massive corporation. And I mean, they can be a big company it doesn't mean they're profitable. That's true. Yeah, you know, yeah. they could have been on the edge, and that just tipped them over. That tipped them over. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe George's bathroom thing, you know, blew out their budget for like, yeah, you know, rent. <laughs> Innovations and stuff. Yeah. That's probably why Thomas Willow was so pissed. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, a company going bankrupt doesn't mean that the company ends. A lot of companies deliberately go bankrupt to restructure their, their debts and stuff. So, you know, maybe them declaring bankruptcy was just more of a strategic move than a than an end and an end move. Yeah. Well, you know? I guess we could talk about Thomas Sulo, maybe hypothesize about play now if you yeah. want. Might as well while we're here. Yeah. Played by Gordon Jump. He's known for the role of Arthur Carson in the 70s sitcom WKRP in Cincinnati. He passed away. I didn't get the year, unfortunately, but he has passed away in the 2000s. Uh, he appeared in the previous episode, The Butter Shave, which we did a couple of months ago, I think. So go back and listen to him. But like I mentioned at the start of the episode, my friend Thomas Sulo in that episode was a lot different to this one. Let me tell you. I mean, he was he is livid at George. You know, he's, he feels wronged. He feels betrayed, cheated. You know, he's just, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Sulo you know, obviously wants to accommodate George when he thinks that he is differently abled, you know, as he says, or differently advantaged. He's trying to be delicate about it and accommodating and considerate and, uh, you know, sort of do something for the for a community of people who are probably looked over for a lot of jobs that they're perfectly competent at doing. You know, so he's doing it out of the goodness of his own heart and that's why he just is so, so rotten and so, so dirty at George. He is, yeah. You know, he he doesn't just feel betrayed, sort of deceived personally. He feels sort of humiliated and insulted. He does. For you know, going to all that effort for yeah. someone who was making it all up. Yeah, and I think we might have touched on it in The Butter Shave, but I imagine something like this, you know, everyone makes the wrong choice or misreads people, you know, throughout their life and you just sort of accept that, you know, some people are deceptive, that happens. But deception on this deeper level, I think would actually change Thomas Sulo for a long time, if not forever. I think there, we did. I think we said yeah. that it did change him you know yeah. we, we did talk about the voice a little bit in his you know time in it in, in this episode yeah. i think we did mention that what happens the events that transpire at the end of the butter shave will change him as a person yeah i think it yeah. just made him permanently much more cynical mm-hmm. um you know much more dubious about people and
and uh, a lot less trusting. So, And the lawsuit which finished off Play Now would have just, that would have been it. Yeah, I mean, Tomasulo seemed, the company Play Now seems like a very, almost like a family company. I feel like it is. I feel like Tomasulo is probably like second or third generation. Like yeah. maybe his grandfather or father created it. Uh, but we were talking about Play Now and how they could go bankrupt from 25 million and go, mm. like, you know, lose business. I feel like Play Now is probably like one of those kind of old school toy companies. They have still like old, like dolls and wooden horses and rubber balls. But I feel like in the 90s, a lot of kids wanted like Nintendos, yeah. Segas. Yeah, you know, I, I that think sort of low, thing. they're a low tech toy company. Low tech toy company. And a lot of kids gravitated like electronics and Game Boys and stuff. So maybe they were losing a lot of market share. Like kids did want to play like rubber balls. Yeah. They wanted to play like their Game Boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> yeah. a scenario since, you know, when did uh, Nintendos and stuff come out? Like mid to late 80s. They yeah. started to become, you know, sort of ubiquitous. Yeah, I can imagine up until maybe the early 80s or the mid 80s, they were a, a profitable company year on year, maybe growing. Yeah. But then once that sort of more high tech stuff became normal and affordable for most people yeah they just sort of were pushed out on the market mm. and ever since then they've been trying to reinvent themselves or trying to just survive yeah and then the 26 million was just was the, too much the, the, the final nail in the coffin because even a lot of the employees they're like you know 30s maybe yeah. like even the ones we see you know in the butter shave and the voice you know, the ones tell george go to, hell, go to hell they're not like old old no dinosaurs you know a lot of them like 30s maybe 40s. yeah yeah so you know trying to bring a lot of youthful energy into the yeah, yeah yeah maybe they were trying to go through a period of reinvention which is always risky mm, you know is. financially can mm. i mean it can pay off you know you can you can hit on something and it, it does wonders for the company it injects it with new you know new market share and new life but yeah. uh you know it's always a risky path so you know maybe they were just you know spending a lot of money on r&d trying to sort of figure out a new identity and they just didn't have a lot of money to spare and yeah like i said 26 million was enough to send them uh tip you know over. tip them over 16 yeah. stories down onto the footpath i'm surprised that george was never done for it i guess because i know he was technically an employee though but do you think they maybe realized or they didn't know that george instigated everything maybe george didn't tell him anything look i think they would know if they know that darren did it enough to send him to jail or get him sent to jail you know he well why don't we just might talk as well about talk darren. about darren yeah i was I, I have something on the tip of my tongue about darren because you asked me before for why he'd go to jail, yeah. you know, and no one else. But anyway, Darren, he's played by actor, writer, and producer uh, Jared Paul. Uh, he's appeared in the TV shows Ned and uh, Ned and Stacy, rather Monk and. Home Improvement. Uh? He was also in the films Liar Liar, Yes Man, who he also co-wrote the screenplay for, as well as Kicking and Screaming. Uh, funnily enough, I went through his credits on IMDb, and he's actually played a character uh, in the 1992 TV series Home Fires, and it's called he's called Jesse Kramer. Oh, right. Yeah, from 1992. Oh, there you go. There you go. A short-lived TV series. Seinfeld isn't for him. Yes, and for writing, he's writing the upcoming sequel for, in the Bruce Almighty film series oh, with okay. Jim Carrey. So. It was Bruce Almighty and then Evan Almighty. Yeah, that's third right. One is. I don't know. No idea. It's untitled at the moment, but he's going to be uh, writing a script for it. So. Darren Almighty. Darren Almighty. Yeah, that's right. Darren Almighty in prison. Yes, that's what I think. Gets out of prison and, you know, he gets godly yeah. powers. Indeed, yes. Uh, but talking about Darren, before we ask ourselves why he went to jail, I guess we can talk about him. I feel like he's a real go-getter. He's just like a young, you know, whippersnapper. He wants to, you know, do the right things. He want- I, I feel like he thinks big as well. Like, he, he, he loves all these big ideas. Like, even things like Kramer says about the ball of oil and, you know, the, the tomato and mustard bottle idea, it really fascinates him. I think he loves hearing these big ideas and he's just really like, I don't know, he just seems really enamored by it. Yeah, I think he wants to be, you know, maybe his mentor or someone, his hero in life was probably like Warren Buffett or, you know, like a, a business leader, uh, a you know, a business sort of, uh, what's the word? Like, not just a leader, but, you know, extremely notable and influential person in business or yeah. entrepreneurship. Yep. You know, and he's too green around the gills to really understand that Kramer is not Kramer has the energy of like a, a go-getter but 
you know, he's like the the dean says, you know, he's just a single man in an apartment who may or may not have a chicken. Like he's not, he doesn't have the resources or the, <laughs> or the connections to make his ideas into real, you know, business opportunities. No, that's true. That's but, true. But yeah, Darren's a bit too green around the gills and a bit too naive to realize that, well, Kramer's energy is good, but his position in life is not, not going to provide me the opportunities that I'm seeking. And he doesn't even have the resources. I mean, he's an intern, but he's thinking Kramer, like how can he run a business from his apartment? And he's not even really an intern. He's just a PA. He's a PA, yeah, basically. He's basically just a slave. Yeah, well, what what an intern is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for my, a lot of the time, get me a coffee. Yeah, get coffees for six months before they prove themselves. But even interns. even interns might learn some like valuable on the job. You know, even through osmosis, something would yeah. be beneficial to them. But Darren learns what, nothing. Yeah, like what? Because there's nothing to learn. <laughs> nothing. Like, to Kramer learn. can't teach him anything because he's not in a business environment. He's not in an office. No. There's no. There's no meetings. There's no nothing. I actually feel really sorry for him because I feel like he wants. He sees Kramer as kind of like a Warren Buffett of sorts yeah you know and I think he wants to you know be inspired by him I feel like he wants to be inspired by the people that he works for and yeah he thinks that Kramer's like a genuine guy he's even really good to like George and Jerry too like he mm. calls Jerry Mr. Seinfeld yep. he calls George Mr. Costanza and he, he I find he like he respects their opinions like even like when they say stuff to Darren which you think Darren might say oh no I don't agree with it he's like oh no worries Mr. Seinfeld yeah he you just know? he's a team player to a fault he, to a fault yeah which lands him in jail yeah you asked me before why I think he went to jail I think because he he had so much respect for Kramer and to a degree George as well. I feel like in the trial or, you know, in the um, the civil lawsuit, whatever it was, when he did his testimony or whatever it was that they had to do. Oh, no, sorry. No, he, he would have been criminally charged for it. So Play Now would have been civilly charged in a civil court and, you know, for the civil thing, but it would have been a criminal trial for him. Mm. I feel like in his trial, he probably wanted to cover for the other guys. And, you know, he's so loyal and dedicated to Kramer, especially, and George and Jerry by extension, that he said, oh, it was me that came up with all this. Yeah. I, I was, feel like, yeah, he just, he just, um, yeah, he, he, he took uh, the fall. He took the fall, yeah. Yeah, I've got it down here. He martyred himself. He, he martyred himself, yes, exactly. Yeah. But I don't think Kramer, like, inspired him or anything. He probably just went out and said, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, he shows his dedication to Kramer and Kramerica Industries, you know, quote unquote, get shut down. I mean, it didn't exist, so <laughs> can't <laughs> yeah. really get shut down. But yeah, when, when there's no, when, when the dean stops him going to Kramer's house to be his PA, he comes back there and, and, you know, Kramer initially tells him to go away, but, you know, because he doesn't have enough time to leave, mm. Kramer sees it as, uh, you know, inspiring. And then they get it back on, get it back going, uh, get it going again. Yeah, because he thinks um, that Kramer will change the world with his idea. Yeah. And mm. he even says, like, I don't care about NYU. I don't care about the Dean. I only care about Kramerica Industries. So yeah. Kramer's almost, he's got this like cultish appeal to him, especially to Darren, you know, and Kramer does that. He's charming. He's got a weird ability to draw people into his, like, even his terrible life plans and life ideas. People somehow, like moths to a flame, they get drawn into his yeah. his weird shit. Yeah, it's always the weirdos that seem yeah, to be with him. But Darren doesn't seem like a weirdo. I mean, he's he's very naive and very like chipper and upbeat. But he doesn't seem like a dysfunctional weirdo. No. He seems like a pretty normal... He's just a bit of a dork, really. He's, he's a bit of a dork. Like an yeah. energetic kind of dork. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the way he dresses is very dorky. Like, even for the 90s, his suits and his <laughs> He's wearing, his like, pants the white are, shirt underneath his Yeah, clothes. it's, like, very, yeah, yeah. very ill-fitting. Mm-hmm. You know, and he wears... I think in the opening scene when Kramer and him first burst into Jerry's apartment, you see him wearing pants that are, like, four sizes too big and, like, these crappy sneakers and, and stuff. And he's got like, a pencil in his ear. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think he comes from modest uh, beginnings. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's just trying to... I, I could imagine him, you know, growing up all through life, like reading business books and reading autobiographies of like really successful business people and thinking that like I want to be that person I don't have the opportunities because my family isn't wealthy or I don't have those connections but I'm be- I'm basically just going to fake it until I make it yeah yeah you know and he's just he's almost rehearsed how to be successful in business which is you know be keen be show a lot of initiative you know be inspired all those things but you know I could imagine after jail or even if he didn't go to jail it wouldn't 
take him long to learn that, you know, you probably have to be a bit more shrewd. Yeah, more shrewd. One thing I wanted to ask you with Darren, do you think because one line right at the end credits with Kramer, he's saying, you know, Darren's going to go away for a long, long time. And that's when we find out that Darren took the fall for Kramer and everyone else. Do you think it was a bit harsh to put him in jail? Or is it kind of like a reflection of the core four where, you know, their actions can result in people's lives being ruined? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Kramer, I mean, Kramer's, we always say that Kramer's got the most heart and the most care uh, out of the core four. But even the way he says it, he sort of says it so nonchalantly. It doesn't seem to bother him. He's like, he's going away for a long long time. And it's Kramer's, you know, (laughs) I mean, Darren has some stake in it. He's partially responsible because he went along with it. But, you know, Kramer is the mastermind and it was his idea uh, and he, obviously didn't stand in for Darren when Darren decided to take the fall. No. Yeah, it's a huge reflection on who they are. They didn't stand up for him and they don't care. Yeah, they don't you know, care. Which That's is, the worst thing. Yeah. But they get their, they get their uh, you know, just desserts in the final oh, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. of Seinfeld. Oh. But would you have liked to have seen Darren maybe avoid jail or there's no mention of jail or maybe like yeah. it would have been nice to see, like like they said, they were planning on bringing Darren back for future episodes. Do you think it would have been good to maybe have like the Darren, Kramer, even Newman dynamic? Like maybe Newman gets involved in their schemes and like every episode for like the next four or five episodes are trying to come up with schemes. Yeah, it would have been good to have him as a semi-permanent uh, secondary character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if, like if, the remainder of the yeah, series, if, he avo- yeah. if he avoided jail and he, you know, every two or three episodes he came back and tried to get one of Kramer's terrible ideas off the ground. Yeah, no, that would have been good. He's I, I liked Aaron as a character. I liked him too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just sort of had this young, upbeat positive energy from like a character art point of view it would have been good to see him slowly get worn down by the shit that kramer sort of yes. you know the 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 unforeseen circumstance oh sorry unforeseen consequences that kramer's harebrained schemes and then by the end of series nine he's the complete opposite you know mm-hmm. he's not this young sort of naive go-getter he's cynical he yes. hates kramer yes you know because he's been the constant sort of you know dumping ground for all the shitty consequences that come of kramer's bad ideas and then he'd be one of the people who testifies against them in the trial yeah you know and plus he's so fresh and relevant to the yeah. to the season everyone be like oh darren yeah yeah he's the guy that kramer fucked over yeah yeah, yeah. and then he just like drill kramer yeah, yeah that would have been a good one would have been a really good one but anyway that's all right he's in jail and we never see him again no no i could imagine in jail i reckon he would have gotten out a bit earlier um he probably would have been how he is with kramer in the jail like you know like <laughs> doing um, errands and yeah like you yeah. know working for the warden you know like yeah being like a, a model uh prisoner right you know, and that probably would have helped him get early release or something maybe he would have done something yeah who knows but anyway yes that was darren yes and uh, yeah we were sad that we didn't see him in future episodes yeah but no a good one-off character yeah very good one-off character probably one of the one of the better one-off secondaries yeah i would agree yeah Absolutely. Do you want to talk quickly about Dean Jones? Mm. Yeah, I don't. I forgot the actress's name, but yes, Dean Jones tells Kramer that uh, Darren is being pulled out of the internship, and uh, yeah, she doesn't muck around, does she? She's sort of the opposite of Darren. She's shrewd. She sees Kramer exactly for who he is straight away. <laughs> you know, even after what a couple of weeks, Darren has no idea what Kramer's really like, or you know, he he doesn't have the the life experience to foresee the potential negative outcomes of spending too much time with Kramer. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dean Jones is just she sees straight through him. She knows exactly who he is, and that all the you know pretend business stuff or fantasy corporate world as jerry puts it is just exactly that she just doesn't fuck around no and uh cuts him down to size yeah and uh even when kramer gets a bit huffy and puffy and says you know I, well i find that capricious and arbitrary uh she just cuts him right down to size and says your flyers undone <laughs> Something so yeah 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 so like that yeah, yeah. uh i, I, I really yeah. like dean jones she's just yeah straight just, to the point you know and i think to be a dean of a, a a highly esteemed university i'm sure she would have seen all sorts of 
shenanigans and oh, all sorts yeah. of bullshit from students she trying to like get yeah. one over on her. Yeah, yeah. And she's just developed an ability to cut to the chase and also see people's real agenda. And I'm sure that she's dealt with many business people like yeah. Grammar. Like even like scammers and dodgy yeah. companies, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, a mate of mine, Tim, when uh, we were in year 12, we had to do a week's work experience at a, at a local business. Um, I think most people did. You probably did as well. Mm, no. No? No. Uh, anyway, he worked for, I won't go into specifics because I don't want to badmouth anyone. <laughs> you don't want to dox him either. <laughs> yeah, even though it was 19 years ago. Sure. My friend worked for a owner of a like a band rehearsal space okay and tim my friend thought it would be really cool because he's like oh cool like i'll get to just hang out at this rehearsal space and like talk about music it's like that naive idea of you know i want to work in a music shop yeah when you actually work in a music shop you realize it's terrible you can't play guitars for half the day Yeah, 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 yeah 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 and uh the guy that he worked for was basically just a slave driver like made him clean shit like oh. clean the toilet just he was a shit kicker and then whoever at his at his high school was looking after the work experience he that person was going around to each office to just check up on it and make sure it was all good and uh they actually pulled tim out of it early because when she turned up tim was like yeah like i said cleaning toilets and just yeah and you're doing know. stuff that he wasn't meant to be no doing. no no he wasn't he was being exploited yeah 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 and uh, and and, <laughs> and the person at the school was like you can't continue like you need to stop right now and that was dean jones yeah <laughs> she was like, yeah, nah. yeah 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 just it took a couple of days i mean dean jones takes what two minutes yeah exactly. just cut screaming down to size but yeah. yeah it reminded me of that oh very good yeah <laughs> there you go uh, do you have any other notes on any other secondaries i mean putty is in the episode too but we've talked about him we've ta- i mean we did I think it's our longest episode or one of our longest episodes. We did that with Stacey a couple of years ago. What's the deal with episode uh, for David Putty? Yeah. And we've talked about him in every other episode he's appeared in so far. Yeah. And yeah. nothing really happens in this episode that uh, is like noteworthy in terms of like adding stuff. No, um, except Elaine and him get back together. Yeah, but that's a constant dynamic in season eight and nine, mm. them breaking up and getting back together. The only thing I guess that comes to mind is that he seems a bit more... I mean, he's always been pretty, like, unthoughtful. Like, he's not a very thoughtful person because he's kind of dumb. He is, yeah. But he almost seems, like, intentionally cruel in this episode. You know, when he says, oh, I just like how we have sex. You know, I don't have to do all those things like caring for you and buying you stuff and listening to... Take your clothes off. We're cuddling. Yeah. And and (laughs) Elaine's, like, really offended by, by David just being so sort of cruel. But that was really the only noteworthy thing. Other than that, he's just sort of putty. Yeah, he's He's putty. He's just dumb and Uh, just lumbering and putty. And he's a prominent secondary for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a lot of episodes in yeah. season nine. So. Yeah, he's probably the main secondary character in the episode other than, you know, Newman. Yeah, I guess. Uh, in, the se- in the season. In season yeah, nine, in season, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Newman makes quite a few appearances too. Yeah. But anyway, they were all the secondary characters from The Voice from season nine. When we come back, we're going to find out if any of today's secondary characters make our top 20 secondaries and if today's episode or where today's episode, I should say, makes it in our top 152 episodes we have done so far. So that's the bedroom. Here's the bathroom. <laughs> You need to familiarize yourself with the kitchen. Yeah, go ahead and look through some of the drawers. And you are? Oh, hey, I'm Darren. I'm new here. Yeah, that's Jerry. You don't have to worry about him. (laughs) Why don't you go across the hall and get started on that mail? Right. Okay, good. He's a go-getter. Okay, where does The Voice sit in uh, order of the episodes we've reviewed so far? Steve, out of 152 that we've done so far, number 76. Okay. Uh, fun episode. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed Darren. I think he was a great character. And uh, actually, most of the secondaries were, were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it was like typical season nine, like I always say, wacky. But, you know, it had its funny moments with hello. And I love how hello becomes like a fad. It becomes really popular. And then people just get over it. And then they question Jerry saying, we gave up a girl over 
over the voice, you know, and then he tries to, you know, change his mind and get back with Claire. And then they do get back together. And then through some misfortunes with Kramer and Darren, uh, they break up again. Yeah, but all Jerry wants is the voice back and it comes back. So and he comes happy. back. Yeah. I love her when he's in the top, like, in I'm the. I'm as slippery as an eel. As an eel. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, God. A bit worse than that. Um, but I love when Jerry's trying to call out to her before the ball falls on her. She's mm. like, hello. I'm sick of that voice, Jerry. Yeah, I'm not going to look up if you keep <laughs> I'm not doing, that voice. Keep doing that voice. Yeah. But he's like, hello. But he's not even doing like, hello. He's like, hello. Yeah. Claire, hello. Mm. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Nice. This one comes in at number twenty-two. I really oh, like. Oh, really this high yeah. up! Wow. Really okay. like this episode. Yeah, yeah. It was it was solid, and I like how they took from the butter shave the Tom Masulo storyline. Yeah. I like how they put play now into two episodes. Yeah, it, oh, it's it, good. It's it, uh, you know, sometimes a secondary character is just sort of done. So it's always nice when they spend a bit of time to sort of finalize a, a secondary character storyline, or even just a a, a temporary uh, storyline. You know, like George's play now. And I like how before you go on, I like how George's play now subplot ends in that episode because yeah. I think if it dragged on. For the rest of the season, I think it would have been too much. Yeah, it's gotten too. Would have become too thin, too boring. It would have been okay if he wasn't revealed to be a fraud. You know, if it took five episodes or something for that to happen. But as soon as he's revealed to be a fraud, it needs to kind of end. It needs to end. So I'm glad. I respect the fact that they went that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I thought all the secondaries are great. Love the Kramerica stuff. The thing that really stands out for me in this episode is just the the script and the the back and forth. Yeah. Everything's really dialed in. Everything's really sharp. Yeah, yeah. Love Elaine in this episode as well. Um, one of my favorite all-time Seinfeld scenes or jokes is when Jerry's trying to figure out whether she stayed the night at Putty's and uh, he goes, I notice your hair's, you know, a lot oh. more deproofed. And she goes, oh, it's a new look. You know, heroin chic. And she goes, she does the sort of sucky in face. That's look. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. For some yeah. reason, it just destroys me every time I see it. And then uh, Jerry gets her, uh, gets a jacket and pulls it out and, you know, pushes it out. And then you see the same blast she wore. That, yeah, that the day. same like purple kind of uh-huh. shimmery blast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it. Yeah, that scene's great. That's a great scene, actually. Yeah. It's, it's kind of reminiscent of like earlier seasons. I, I could have seen that in like season four or five. Yeah. You know, that would have yeah. been good. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, just really love the episode and uh dean jones fantastic as well great so, yeah do any of the secondaries appear in your top 20 no but special mention to darren what about you yeah i'm the same but special mention to dean jones dean jones loved her fabulous yeah just the the no bullshit you know cutting kramer <laughs> down to size nice yeah and she was hilarious as well very good well next week we are going to season six and we're talking about the pledge drive i think it's one of our very last season six episodes i don't think we have many left i, I looked at our list and i was like two maybe three season six episodes left yeah and we're done yeah with that one well it's it's getting more and more like that. You mm. know, we're, we're ticking off whole seasons. Yeah. And yeah, the closer we get to the end, the more that will happen. Yeah, I know. It'll be sad when it ends, but uh, we've got some exciting things coming up next year, which we'll reveal much, much later on. In the meantime, though, you can email us, bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. So say hello on those platforms. Uh, you can listen to all of our previous podcasts on your podcast app of choice. And if you want to rate us or review us, that would be awesome. It really helps with visibility and spreading the word. And you can support us financially as well. Yes, you can support us with one-off payments on PayPal. That is link rather is in the show notes. And you can support us on Patreon for a very, very low monthly fee, a couple of US dollars a month or thereabouts. And you get access to this episode earlier than everyone else, as well as our back catalogue of bonus episodes about different things and our B and C podcasts, Curbcast about Curb Your Enthusiasm and Season 11, an original series about Seinfeld where we come up with modern episodes of the show. That's right. So lots of uh, lots of goodies for a couple of bucks a month. And finally, we do run the biggest Seinfeld community online. 
Sign Fieldisms. It is a Facebook group uh, where you've got about 102,500 members. So check that out and lots of cool things coming up with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, like I said, next week we'll see you for Season 6's The Pledge Drive. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. Take care of yourselves and each other during these really difficult times and uh, we hope we brought you some joy for the last 40 minutes or so. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.